Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Wednesday, August 5th, and today we are reading in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter A Vision for You, and we are at page 152 with the paragraph that begins, Yes, there is a substitute. Today's readers are. And thank you very much for your service. Katie F., Rachel N.M., Devorah S., Beth W., and Donna M. And the reference number for yesterday's meeting, August 4th, is 7891. That's 7891. Overeaters Anonymous, OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Beth W. to read the steps, the 12 steps. Go ahead, Beth. Good morning, uh, everyone, and thank you, Amy, for your service. This is Betty W., a compulsive overeater recovered from central New York. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Betty. W, I apologize, I called you Beth. But thank you, Betty. I will now ask for Donna M. to read the 12 traditions. 
Go ahead, Don. Great. Thanks. Thanks, Amy, and thank you for your service. This is Donna M., uh, compulsive over ear from Wisconsin. This one, welfare should come first. Donna, you're breaking up a bit. As he may express himself in our group conscience, our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the Seven, every way group ought to be fully self outside contributions. Eight, leaders and professional our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such never be organized, but we may create service boards directly responsible to those who serve. And Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn to public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Donna M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say the word time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does require that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter of vision for you on page 152 starting with the paragraph yes there is a substitute and i will ask katie f to get us started go ahead katie good morning this is katie f a recovered compulsive overeater in virginia yes there is a substitute and it is vastly more than that it is a fellowship and alcoholics anonymous There you will find release from care, boredom, and worry. Your imagination will be fired. Life will mean something at last. The most satisfactory years of your existence lie ahead. Thus, we find the fellowship, and so will you. How is that to come about, you ask? 
Where am I to find these people? You're going to meet these new friends in your own community. Near you, alcoholics are dying helplessly like people in a sinking ship. If you live in a large place, there are hundreds, high and low, rich and poor. These are future fellows of Alcoholics Anonymous. Among them, you will make lifelong friends. You will be bound to them with new and wonderful ties. For you will escape disaster together and you will commence shoulder to shoulder your common journey. Then you will know what it means to give of yourself that others may survive and rediscover life. You will learn the full meaning of love thy neighbor as thyself. And this, um, you know, is such a powerful um, part of the big book and it's really, really hard to imagine when you are newly... uh, abstinent or you're looking for recovery because I know that my life gotten so small that I really didn't have any friends I didn't have any friends um, and the fact is uh, those people who were my roommates back then when I got abstinent yes I am in touch with them but the people that are in my life on a daily basis are those who survived this hell with me who have um, come through to the other side and you know I have had hundreds of friends from this program and from working these steps and from staying in this lifeboat and um, you know I joke with a lot of different people that you know I've never had friends that have um, lasted most of us had drinking buddies or eating buddies and, you know, they're not, they're not your friends anymore. I have two friends from high school, and both of them were my eating buddies. They were not, they're not like me. They're not compulsive overeaters. Just, you know, they liked eating like some teenagers do or most, but they didn't have this <clears throat> disease the way I do. Um, and they're the only two people, and I'm not in, in touch with them on a daily basis. But then there's other people that I have known for, you know, over 25 years because we have stayed in this lifeboat together and we are going through all the phases of life. And I, you know, you can't buy that. I mean, and it's really hard to imagine that that will happen, but it does. And not people who would normally mix. I mean, some of the people I'm friends with, you know, you would never, um, I would never have picked them out of a crowd you know, that, that I would think that I would be, you know, still in touch with them after all these years. You know, some people are 20 years older than me. Some are 20 years younger than me. Some are, you know, PhDs. And some are, you know, uh, school bus drivers. I mean, it just is not that there's anything wrong with being a school bus driver. But I'm just making the analogy that it has nothing to do with education or um economics, but that there is a life out there beyond the food. And I'm just so grateful that we can uh, be in this together and really excited to meet, you know, people that we've been hearing on these phones for the last three years. There's a lot of people that I've never met face-to-face and looking forward to October with us. Thank you, Katie. Who would like to share on what was Dolph read, Dolph H. from New York. Melissa C. Melissa C. Linda R. Linda R. 
Okay, I got Charles H. Hold on. I've got Melissa C. Linda R. There's a few other I missed there. Could Kathy you Kathy K. They are. Yes, they are. Kathy K. Nessa. Vasa O. And Vasa O. We'll go with that group. Okay, so I've got Charles H. Melissa C. Linda R. Kathy K. Nessa R. And Vasa O. Go ahead, Charles. You are up. Thank you. Good morning, Amy. Thank you for your service. Good morning, all business. My name is Charles H. Public visionary justice today. Um, where am I to find these people? You're going to meet these new friends in your community. Near you, alcoholics are dying helplessly like people in a sinking ship. Um, you know, where I'm going to meet them people, I'm going to meet them in, you know, I live in New York City. I'm going to meet them in the homes of overeaters and knowledge. People are dying like, like people dying in a sinking ship. You know, um, I took on another new sponsor yesterday and um, he was like, you know, meet me at the 100 pounds face-to-face, 16. I said, okay. I was cringing because I already know. The people came on. I'm not judging because I was, I was one of those people. And speaker, you know, one of the great members, and everybody that, that, that qualified, talking about the cat, and they're talking about their boyfriend, they're talking about, you know, it was like a group therapy group. And, you know, and, and, and I cringed through the meeting, but... When my three minutes came up, I shared the program of action. I shared what I learned, right, uh, through the big book. I shared, you know, couldn't do it in three minutes, but I did as much as I could. Um, okay, Charles, adjust your volume a little bit. Um, you're, I'm sort of losing you. Okay. Hello. <laughs> All right, that's better. All right, Thank so you. you're welcome. So I shared my little three minutes of of my experience, strength, and hope as it's laid out in the big book, and then, you know, after the meeting, I mean, I'm tired. I work 8 to 4, and then I went to the meeting 6 to 7.30, and then I, I, I talked with my sponsor. I took him to the doctor's opinion. I said, you know, um, yeah, see those meetings there? I need you to come to a big book meetings. I can't. I, I, I can't. I'm not ready. I'm not that recovered. To, I can't. I need to stay in the truth because I was thinking. I was thinking going to those other meetings, and the 2% rate came up. And, I, you know, I want to be part of the – you know, 50% and above. So with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks for allowing me to share. Thank you, Charles. Melissa C., go ahead, please. Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because all my life, you know, I wanted to belong, should feel connected instead of different um, you know, instead of feeling separate, different, left out, um, over and over as I worked on my steps, I, you know, I kept seeing this common theme in my fourth step come up, that being left out, whether real or imagined, um, it was my perception, you know. And now here I am at a place where, wow, I perfectly belong. You know, I, I truly belong here. Um, and there's been other times in my life where I belonged um, and was united through common problems. I could commiserate and complain with coworkers. You know, something could be wrong at work and we could all get together and complain and complain or with neighbors and with my siblings. And, um, and the problems could have drawn us together, but as soon as they may have triumphed over the problem, um, then there was nothing left to unite us. That was some of my relationships. Um, I didn't really want them to get over the problem or solve the dilemma. Um, 
I wouldn't have admitted that, but that's really how I felt in my heart because then they were better than me and I was left feeling bad by comparison and left out again. You know, but in recovery, we're united in our solution. And um, there's a proven and workable method to arrest this illness. And, you know, victory over it means that no one can be left behind because, um, you know, that's part of our charge that we don't um, we don't recover and then and then run away. Um, we recover so that we can continue to work with others. And you know, I find it amazing that my closest relationships and my life developed through this fellowship, through my weakness. Um, you know, when I crawled in the doors of OA, um, I could barely make eye contact. I was so raw and injured and. I was met with so much love and acceptance. Um, women and men of all ages and walks of life. You know, I have friends that are nuns uh, and friends that are former inmates and people who are wealthy and people who are not and some old and young. And these are my people. You know, it's incredible. This is where I belong. Um, and I'm so, I'm just so grateful that I got so sick um, that I was desperate enough to really find a fellowship. And, um, you know, and I feel that way with everybody on the line here. You know, you're my you're my morning people. You, you know, get my day started. I'm so connected in with virtual strangers. What a gift, you know, recovery is that um that I can know all of you from so far away from my simple phone. And um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Go ahead, Linda R. Good morning, Linda R. Recovered in North Carolina, and thank you so much for your service. I'm so grateful to the program and to this wonderful meeting every day. Um, I, what jutted out in my mind when I was listening was love thy neighbor as we thy love thyself. And when I first came into the program, I had so much resentment and fear, and you know, I just didn't love myself. I, I didn't like myself. I was a mess. And um, and I always knew that my higher power was there for me and that my higher power loved me, but I didn't really know how to love me. And my higher power through the steps loved me unconditionally and loved me back to health. And through the step work, I just want to say that, you know, when I did my steps, the first time I did fourth step, it wasn't that, you know, clear. I've done it a few times. Um, recent, the last one I've done was really the core work and uh when I did the turnarounds, that was when I was able to really start to embrace myself and through the steps. And then, of course, step seven, I was able to accept both sides of me and love myself even more and then even love God more. And as I, you know, I've been enlarging spiritually, adding attributes to God that, you know, really work for me. And through, I'm just trying to say that I was loved back to health. And love thy neighbor. You know, I had so much resentment towards myself. I couldn't really love anybody else. And then through this, through the 10, 11, and 12, and identifying the patterns on a daily basis and really connecting with God with that, I was able to really do these turnarounds in another way, spiritual way, where now I have really, I'm honestly saying today, I don't have one resentment. And if it does come up, I can immediately clear it out because now I can look at, another person with empathy and compassion and I can look at myself with empathy and compassion. So all of this process through the years 
which takes time, has allowed me to love myself first, love God, and then love my fellow man because, you know, the empathy and compassion was what I lacked in my recovery. Thank you very much for allowing me to share. Thank you, Linda R. Kathy K., go ahead, please. Thank you, Katie, for your service. This is Kathy Kay, a recovered compulsive overeater in Boston. And, you know, um, I'm having uh, memories of my first meeting 20 years ago. Um, I still connect with a couple of the people that I met that very first night. Um, I'm thinking, too, about um, the the fellows that um, live in other parts of the country who, when I'm traveling, I can call and I can go to a meeting with them. Um, It's just the bonds that we develop, even over the phone, are really invaluable and indescribable. In fact, I have trouble conveying to my family Um, the closeness and connection I feel with some of the folks on this line even that I've never met face-to-face. It truly is um, being connected with people that um, I've shared a common peril with and helping each other um, become healthy and sane. Uh, it's as it says here. It's really hard to explain what this is um, until you've experienced it. Um, and for me, it continues to be such a source of wisdom, love, and uh, everything else that I I turn to my higher power for, and I find in my relationships with other fellows. And thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Kathy Kay. Nassar, you're up. Hi, good morning. Uh, this is Nassar, recovered in Toronto, Canada. Um, I um, I make this, now that I'm recovered, the guiding principle in my life, love your fellow as yourself. I actually say this very sentence every morning before I pray um, because it's really the reason now I've learned, really the reason why, I was I was created while I was put on this earth. You know, and the big book says it in so many places. I, I probably would go over my my uh, three minutes if I you know, if I were to uh, to list them all. Um page ninety three talks about um self sacrifice. I'm just going to to that page. It says faith alone is insufficient to be vital. Faith must be accompanied by self sacrifice and unselfish constructive constructive action you know nowadays we talk so much we talk so much about self-esteem and you know self-esteem comes from doing esteemable things and there's nothing more esteemable than helping others not only in the rooms but everywhere i i um that's what i strive for every day you know instead of pursuing what i think i need you know what i want uh, that's not what I was created for. I was created here to be of help. Um, so instead of focusing on what I need, I focus on what I'm needed for in the rooms, at my meetings, in my family, at work, in my neighborhood, in my community, wherever I go, how can I be of service? Because, you know, that's that's what this is all about. We cannot love God 
um, unless we love his creatures and we cannot serve God unless we help others. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nesset R. Vasa O, your turn. Good morning, everyone. Katie, thank you so much for your service. And I am Vasa, grateful recovering compulsive overeater calling from Massachusetts. Um, Before coming to recovery, I didn't have many friends. I didn't know how to make friends. I felt insecure, lonely, alone. I had no social skills. I always felt less than and lived in my own little world, you know, with my own family and my food, you know. And uh, here I come into the 12 Steps program feeling at home, away from home, feeling at home because I could identify with people that were struggling with the same disease as I was and they had found the solution. And uh, and that gave me so much hope. You know, I could see the peace and joy in these people. And I wanted to have what they had. And gradually, God was providing me, giving me with, uh, with all the things I heard other people were getting from working the 12 steps, you know, the transformation, the allergy, the mental obsession was beginning to lift. You know, I was having that relationship with God, my higher power, which I call God, and I, I, I and you know, I started putting my, I started loving myself, and the, I started loving myself because God loved me first, and then I started loving myself, and then loving other people, other people that you know were suffering from addictions, and even my own family at home, you know. I was having much more patience and tolerance for them. And uh, it says here, how is it that we come about? You ask, where am I to find these people? Near you, alcoholics are dying helplessly, like people in sinking ships. If you live in a large place, there are hundreds, high and low, rich and poor. These are future fellows of Alcoholics Anonymous. And to me, you know, whether it's alcohol, food, you know, I came from an alcoholic home, didn't understand the alcoholic, the, I didn't understand the disease of alcoholism. So today I'm helpful. Whoever bottle put in my in front of me, I try to do service for God just to help and point people, you know, and like where I have been and I could give them suggestions and say, you know, this is what I'm doing. This is what has worked for me for the first time my whole life. And uh, that's my service, really, to God. And I have so much peace and joy today. And, again, I have more friends in my life today. Sometimes I get overwhelmed, you know, with phone calls or emails and, you know, and friends. And I just, you know, but God does not give me any more than what I can take in one day. So I just keep everything for today. Just I pray to God, give me the strength, give me the courage, give me the wisdom just for today, to do your will for me, for you today, not for me. And uh, I'm just so, I have a full life today. You know, I don't have, I don't feel sorry for myself. Time. I don't feel loneliness. I'll just wrap it up. I don't feel lonely. Just to get on a meeting like this with all of you every morning, it's a miracle. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you so much, Russell. 
Who else would like to share on what was read? This is Bella. Can I share? This is Betty. Who I'd like to share? And Paula P. I've got Bella, Betty. Well, Laura Z. And Paula E. Somewhere. Reva P. Okay, so I got. Okay, I want to put myself on there too. Um, I've got Bella, Betty, Laura Z, Reva P, Larry K, Dream G. Who else? Paula Renata. G. Oh, Renata, that's who I missed. Thank you, Renata. That's Renata G, right? Right. All right, great. We're going to start with Betty. Go ahead, please. Hi, this is Betty, a compulsive overeater from central New York. So grateful to be on the meeting today. And again, Amy, thank you for your service. As this last paragraph was read, it reminded me how closed I was before I came into OA. I put all these blocks up between me and others, and most importantly, God. And because of that, I was so afraid to let you know who I was and to let me know who I was. So I pretended to be something I wasn't. But when I started doing the steps and learned to shed the secrets that I held, the secret about my eating and everything that it affected, I became vulnerable. I used to think if you knew me, you wouldn't like me. But as these four promises, I believe there are four promises as I I heard this paragraph read, you're going to meet new friends in your own community. Among them, number two, you will make lifelong friends. Three, you will be bound to them with new and wonderful ties, for you will escape disaster together. And then you will know what it means to give of yourself that others may survive and rediscover life. And I really rediscovered life here. I was reparented, and today life has so much meaning for me. And I, I now know that the more I share with others appropriately, the more intimacy we have and the more vulnerable I allow myself to be, that that may help others to be vulnerable. And for that, I know this is all from God and um, the 12 steps, and for that I'm so grateful. And I've learned the 12 steps from the people in this program, so I want to say thank you for that too. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Betty. Bella, you are up. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overreader. Thank you, Amy, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, such a wonderful, wonderful paragraph. You are going to meet these new friends in your own community. Wow. Yes, before the program, I lived in a community, but... I couldn't, I cannot call it life. I didn't, I wasn't part of the community. I was part of my ego. I was part of my own character defect. So I was really isolated. I was isolated emotionally and physically. I, I, I couldn't hear nobody. I couldn't, I, I couldn't understand nobody. I was with myself. I was angry, upset disappointed, and I was jealous. I couldn't be part in this community. I, 
I didn't, and, and you know, now I know I wasn't part of myself. I wasn't, I wasn't connected to myself. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I am not there anymore. Today, I am, I am a messenger. Today, I am a messenger only. I don't have to prove no, nothing. I don't want to get an approve, uh, approval from nobody. Today, I am connected to a loving power, to an acceptance power. So today, I learned to accept myself, and I can accept, I, I can accept other people too. Today, I am connected to a loving power, so I love myself, and I, ca I can love other people too. Yes, today, after I did the fourth step, and I understand what means resentment, and I understand, and I did a turnaround. Yes, I am open. I, I am open emotionally. Yes, suddenly I can understand other people, and I find friends. Yes, and today I know I can share my experience, strength, and hope to others. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Laura Z, or is it Laura Z? I think it's Mara Z, but I wasn't sure. Or Mara Z, are you there? Press star one to unmute. Yeah, Mara. Okay, well, we'll come back to you, Mara. Reva P. You are up. Good morning. This is Reva P., recovering compulsive overeater in Toronto. Uh, ditto to so many people who have shared. Um, and for me, this paragraph is about relationships. Um, and before program, I didn't have relationships. Um, for me, food was um, an activity that I did alone. It was my big secret that I did when I closed the door and didn't answer the phone. And I had like a double life where I was this um, compulsive, obsessive person, binging my brains out um, alone. Um, and then I would try to have a persona when I went out there in the world. So I didn't have relationships. The only relationship I really had when I think about it now was me with food. And that was all about what I can get. Getting the food, what I can get out of people, what I can get out of life. It was all about me, me, me. Um, and there was this wall between me and others that I now know was um, blocked by the numbing out with the substance and also loads and loads of defects. So when I see words like lifelong, bound, ties, wonderful, oh, and even the word escape, the way I escaped before was closing the door in shades and getting myself into a drugged out, uh, numbed out oblivion with um, sugar and food. Um, so to escape disaster together, that's a totally different concept. So what this uh, speaks to me is, you know, learning through the steps, through a development of a relationship with my higher power. And I don't know what comes first. I don't know if there's an order, but something about developing a relationship with the higher power 
developing a relationship with myself, it just spills out and goes into developing relationships with others in program first for me. And then, you know, now I'm the same person. I'm the same person with people in program and with people not in program. I'm the same person with people in my community. And the level of relationship, uh, I didn't know what friendship was. Friendship was all about what I can get, not about what I was going to give. It's just a totally different world. Never in my wildest dreams did I even conceive of this type of relationship. And... um, it is really awesome, and I love how it still says commence shoulder to shoulder because we are just beginning. We are never finished, um, and I love that. With that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Larry K. Maura Z. Maura, okay, I've got you on there. Maura, go ahead on after Larry, okay? Larry, go ahead, please. Oh, that's Thank right. You. Let, let Maura go first. Oh, okay. Mara, go ahead then. Larry, you are a gentleman and a scholar. Thank you, yes, sir. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. All right, go ahead, Mara. Good morning. This is Maura Z, recovered in Virginia. Thank you, God. I was having technical difficulties. I apologize. Among them, you will make lifelong friends. You will be bound to them with new and wonderful ties where you will escape disaster together and you will commence shoulder to shoulder your common journey. I have been blessed to still be in touch with two of my childhood friends, and not just in touch. We had very strong friendship bonds. And then I came into OA, and those ladies were the only friends I had for many, many, many years. And when I came into OA and was enveloped by the love and the unconditional love Um, and the support and the teachers and the mentors, um, I began to learn of a new level of friendship and um, an amazing level of friendship. And through the friendships I've made in OA, through the 12 steps of OA, I've been able to return to those friends and continue our friendship, but at a much deeper level more honest level than ever before. So not only have I learned how to be a friend and how to have friends in OA and develop amazing relationships with women I've never met over, you know, the last 10 years via phone um, meetings, I've been given the gift of strengthening my childhood friendships. And, And it's an amazing gift. To, to go through life now coming from a place of having two friends who lived in different states from me, and so I had no local friends, to now having a world of friends, um, honest friends. They call me on my shit. They're there to support me when I'm down, and they're there to, you know, celebrate with me in the, in the good times. And... This is something that should not be missed. Absolutely. I know I'm borrowing from a different paragraph in a different chapter, but unbelievable experiences. And uh, with that, I will pass, and thank you for your service, Amy. Thank you, Marl. Larry Kay, go ahead, please. Thanks, Amy. Um, Larry Kay, a recovering gentleman and a scholar. 
still working on it. Um, <laughs> thanks so much for your service, Amy. The um, set my timer here. You know, I where it says here, um, you know, you know about people dying helplessly, like those on the sinking ship. I mean, it's you know, if you think about it, what a miracle that we're here, that we're even here. And um, I mean, if this isn't a divinely inspired situation, I don't know what is, you know, that we've come to this program. And yet, you know, at the same time, I mean, people are dropping like flies, you know, um, they're dying helplessly in, a, in any community, um, like those on a sinking ship. And the, I mean, there's more than, I think I heard recently something like 78 million U.S. adults are obese. And that, of course, we're not even talking about those with other eating disorders, uh, the anorexics, the bulimics that are our binge eaters as well, you know, um, and there's so many different conditions that, you know, we can face uh, heart disease, stroke, type two diabetes, different cancers. I mean, we are, we, we've been saved, you know, for those of us that were willing to work this program, this program flat out takes people, you know, from the scrap heap, the gutter of life to a life beyond their wildest dreams. And, you know, and now, you know, once that happens, it's our obligation. You know, we're called in, in step 12 and we're reading about the vision. You know, my vision today is, you know, can I carry this message to those who are still suffering and offer them a sense of hope? You know, and, and, and that's, the, that's the miracle for me today is that uh, there is hope for people. There's, you know, there's, there's people on the line there, you know, maybe, maybe on a live meeting, perhaps there's, you know, 300 people on the line uh, spread out across the country, you know, there probably should be many times, you know, more than that. Um, but nonetheless, you know, here we are, you know, and w what a transformational experience this program is. The thing is, though, it's so, so very simple, this this prescription, what what took my cancer, if you will, and, and placed it in remission. Very simple, but it was so hard, though, in the sense that, you know, in the sense that we're called to work these steps and, you know, we're faced with the uncertainty of whether or not it's going to even work, whether or not it's real. And then we, we come to the realization that once we see this process through, this practical program of action through, it does work. It does work one day at a time. It's a miracle. Thank God for this program. Thank God for this program. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Renata G., go ahead, please. Thank you, Amy. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata G., recovered compulsive reader in New York. For you, escape disaster together, and you'll commence shoulder to shoulder your common journey. You know, and that made me think of what is the common journey, you know, is the journey of changing, you know, of transformation, of growing spiritually, of, you know, having, you know, a relationship with my creator. And, um, you know, again, to be reminded that we're at the end of the, you know, uh, not the end of the book, but like the end of the practical program of action, right, on page 163. And so I've gone 
through all 12 steps before, and now, you know, I'm try, I'll try, I try to carry this message, right, a message of hope and recovery to others. And so, you know, shoulder to shoulder, I walk with my sponsees, you know, strengthening my recovery and helping them recover, helping them get to that relationship with their higher power through the work of this 12 steps. And then, you know, it says, then you will know what it means to give of yourself that others may survive and rediscover life. You will learn the full meaning of love thy neighbor as thyself. And, you know, I know for me this is only possible because God has transformed me, has transformed my heart. I could never do anything just to you know, without any expectations in return, without wanting anything in return. And today, you know, I have an honest desire to do service. My, you know, what gives me the most satisfaction and fulfillment in life is to be able to help others get a relationship with their higher power. You know, there are times when I'm reading with my sponsees and they will say things that I can tell it is God working their lives and I get chills. You know, I can see their information, and that helps me grow spiritually, too. And um, with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Renata. Amy G. (laughs) Sorry, that's me. Hi. Hi, my name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Wow, what an awesome meeting. Thank you, everyone who has shared uh, for me, you know, this reference to the sinking ship, um, I, it reminds me of the chapter in the beginning. You know, we're at the end of the instructions, as Renata said, but if we go back to the beginning in the chapter, there is a solution. It talks again about this idea of, of a ship. It says here, you know, we are people who would not normally, who would normally not mix, but there exists among us a fellowship, a friendliness, and an understanding which is indescribably wonderful. We are like passengers of a great liner after a moment of rescue from shipwreck when camaraderie, joyousness, and democracy pervade the vessel from steerage to captain's table. Unlike the feelings of the ship's passengers, however, our joy in escape from disaster does not subside as we go about our individual ways. So again, you know, what is the common tie here? I mean, we're people that would not normally mix, but the common tie is what it talks about here, escaping disaster together, escaping the disaster of a cunning, baffling, and deadly disease. And the joy of that and the joy of recovery, of being recovered, of working through the steps and the fact that we have a solution that works and that we can carry that solution to others that give our lives meaning and purpose. I mean, I don't know about you all, but my life prior to program, my definition of a happy day or of happiness was to seek my ease and comfort. It was all about my relationship, my selfish relationship with three people, me, myself, and I. But then I come to the program. You know, it says here, how is this, is there a substitute? Is there a substitute? How is this supposed to come about? And it says, yeah, there's a substitute, and it's vastly, vastly more than that. How has it come about? Well, as I developed in the program, as I worked my program and grew in recovery and had developed friendship, I mean, I, I found out what true friendship was about. You know, I realized, I mean, there's people on the line right now that I have known for 5, 10, 
you know, t- almost 30 years, and it brings me to tears for what you all have shown me. I mean, you all, the friendships and the fellowships that have surrounded me, and talk about the common journey. It's the journey of life on life's terms in recovery as recovered people. For those of you I know on the line, I mean, I can't even thank you enough. You've applauded me as I've grown in recovery and achievements like a new job, a first job. You've stood by my hospital bed when I've been sick and, and, and in pain. You've cried with me at gravesides. Gravesides, you've rejoiced with me at weddings, at births. You've shouldered this common journey with me. And I get choked up thinking about the fellowship. You have taught me what true friendship is. And now the transformation that has occurred for me is that I want to be that kind of friend now. I want to serve now. Talk about a miracle of transformation. Do I do that perfectly? Absolutely not. But one day at a time, we shoulder this common journey together. I am not only a friend and have friends, you know, I share this journey, and we are not alone. I have a relationship with a higher power beyond my wildest dreams. This program is a miracle of transformation, and it all starts with taking that first step of surrender and beginning to work these steps. And with that, I pass. Rekhesa D. Okay, so we're going to get some more shares in here. Rekhesa D. Paula D. Rakesit, see Paula D. Who else? Rakesit, see Paula D. Got time for a couple more. Leah. Leah. All right. Let's go with that. Rakesit, see. Please go ahead. Thank you, Amy. My name is Rakesit Z. I'm a recovered compulsive over here in California. And um, before I came to program, almost my whole life, you know, I had I had some friendships, but they weren't uh, deep friendships. They were not. They were kind of casual friendships, um, even acquaintances, you know, people I got together with and did stuff with. But there was no, like, deep opening up or deep sharing. And I was really frustrated by this because I looked around and I could see the way people talked about their friendships. A lot of people had really deep friendships with others, and I was jealous. I was jealous. I didn't understand. How could you have such a deep friendship? It just doesn't make sense to me, you know. And so when I came to program, I finally, finally realized what a deep friendship is. You know, the 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 main component of my internal makeup is my food act, as being a food addict, a compulsive overeater. That has driven me my whole life. That has haunted me my whole life. That has tormented me my whole life. That really has been the base of my internal makeup. And when I came into program, I could finally, finally address that. I could open up. I could release the pain. I could tell somebody else what the pain of being a food addict is like and how much I yearned for recovery. And other people opened up and told me about their deep pain. And I friendships that I still have today, 17 years later, that are so deep that I can't compare them to any other kind of friendship that I have in my life. And it's so wonderful to be able just to be open and honest and it's like, you know, releasing <sighs> releasing the gates or something. I can I can I don't have to keep it all hidden inside anymore. And there's people that understand me and there's people I understand and I continue to make new friendships in the program all the time. So that has been such a gift, a 
beautiful gift from the fellowship. And um, I just want to close by saying that each one of us on this line is one in a million. And why do I say that? Because I'm not boasting or anything. It's just the mathematics that, you know, there's over 300 people on the line, let's say, and there's over 300 million people in the United States, like 340 or something. And so each one of us represents one in a million, one in a million people, and um, how lucky we are to be here. Just so, so lucky. And I, I am truly, truly blessed. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Rakesan. And if we keep it quick, we can fit in both Paula D. and Leah M. Go ahead, Paula. Star one to unmute, Paula. I am unmuted now, and I will keep it quick. Um, even though this is a lifetime we speak of, and we speak of the next generation here. My name is Paula D., and I am from New Hampshire. And I just want to, and I'm zeroing in on a couple of lines. Then you will know what it means to give of yourself. I didn't want to give. I wanted to be a taker, not a giver. You want to talk about a transformation. This is the disease, and this is disease and recovery. And it says here, and I want to go to 129. He may not see at once that he has barely scratched a limitless load, will pay dividends only if he minds it for the rest of his life and insists on giving away the entire product. It doesn't make sense, but yet it makes perfect sense. We receive as we give, and it says, love thy neighbor, the full meaning. Oh, I knew the meaning. I could tell you the meaning, but the full meaning, no. When I came to the place that I loved myself, then I could love others. By the way, it wasn't just in program. My life has expanded. It isn't just the people in program that I am friends with. That's the miracle of it. You look at everyone in a different way. But I want to just go back to the last water, and I'll end it there because I know about time. Lord, do I not know about time. Historians may one day recognize, and this is on 571, Alcoholics Anonymous to have been a great venture in social pioneering, pioneering, which forged a new instrument, not known before, for social action, a new therapy based on the kinship that's related of common suffering, one having a vast potential for the myriad other ills of mankind. There, shoulder to shoulder. Thank you for allowing me to share with that. I do pass. Right on. Thank you, Paula. Leah M. Wrap us up, please. Thank you so much, Amy. Um, Then you will know what it means to give of yourself that others may survive and rediscover life. Um, Yeah, this, this point you know, of rediscovering, you know, discover means, um, you know, to see, to see, to make known. And and that's so true, you know, as a result of the program of recovery, we have an opportunity to begin to see, you know, I had my own vision. I was, I was no vision for you when I got here, that's for sure. But, you know, through the program of recovery and the transformation that occurs because of the process, I had an opportunity to discover life, to see life, and to become aligned with a vision that was much greater than my very limited negative vision. Um, 
you know, sometimes when we tell our stories, you know, people will say, you know, it's hard to believe you acted that way. It's hard to believe you felt that way. It's hard to believe you thought that way. And that is an absolute tribute to this program of recovery that I came from where I came from, that I used to live the way I used to live, that I felt and acted the way I used to feel and act. What a tribute to this program of recovery that we are recreated, that we have an opportunity to rediscover life. You know, notice that word. It says that others may survive. Recovery is a life and death matter. You know, perhaps I had other dreams for myself than to be on this line every morning. You know, I certainly did have other dreams for myself. But the bottom line is that I no longer want to live the way I used to live because the way I used to live was absence of any quality of life. So, yes, this is a matter of life and death for me. And this energy that that exudes from my soul, which is 100% pure, genuine, and natural, is an opportunity uh, to give a, a small part of what I've been given, you know, because the whole point of the program is to end up giving of ourselves, which means to serve as a vehicle for making the presence of God or a higher power manifest on earth to materialize these spiritual principles that we talk about every day, these ideals and values in our everyday lives, and we have an opportunity to become a channel, you know, like the St. Francis uh, prayer, uh, to become a channel in, in everything we, we think, say, and do. And what a, what a tribute to this program that that is, that we have an opportunity uh, to do that. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Uh, I'd like to close the meeting now and thank everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading of the big book on page 164 in the Vision for You, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Devorah, if, Devorah S., if you could please read a Vision for You on page 164. That starts with, our book is meant to be suggestive only. Devorah, press star one, please. This is Rachel NM. I can do that. Sure, Rachel. Go for it. Thank you very much. This is Hi, this is Devorah in New Jersey. Oh, okay, Devorah. Great. Let's go ahead and read the vision for you, please. And thank you, Rachel, for um, being available. Go ahead, Devorah. Press star one. Here we go again. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of the past. 
Give freely of what you find and join us. We will shall we shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.